You're listening to the Hindu Business Line's Field Notes podcast with TR Vivek. Hello dear listeners and welcome once again to Field Notes, the weekly podcast from the Hindu Business Line on all things agribusiness. I'm your host TR Vivek. In one of our recent episodes, we looked at the fodder crisis in India, a country with 540 million heads of cattle, the largest in the world. Dairy farming is the lifeline of millions of small farmers in this country. Even when crops fail, dairy farming provides them with at least a modicum of income and nutritional security. Given the importance of dairy farming in India, have you ever wondered how farmers trade in this precious commodity called cattle? Uh, there are of course local networks and cattle fairs like the famous one in Pushkar. But is that enough? Two young women entrepreneurs from IIT Delhi are attempting to solve for the problem with an agri-tech startup called Animal. Animal is often described as an Instagram come Amazon for cows and buffaloes. Animal was co-founded by Neetu Yadav, uh, the now CEO, and Kirti Jangra, the COO. Founded in 2019, the startup has made rapid progress, attracting more than $25 million in venture capital from some of the best-known investment firms. The app has been downloaded by more than 10 million farmers now, the company says. I've been hosting Field Notes for more than a year now. Mm-hmm. And believe me, it's pretty hard to find women entrepreneurs in agri and agri-tech sectors. And I'm delighted to be able to talk to Keerthi today. not just about the company school idea but the challenges of being a women entrepreneur in this sector welcome to field notes keerthi hi hi thank you for having me hey keerthi um, tell us about what is animal and how did you stumble upon this idea sure so animal right now is a cattle trading platform what animal means to be is a one stop shop for everything dairy farming uh we want to we want to be an operating system whether uh, be it by giving services a product platforms or infrastructure for uh, for the dairy farming ecosystem of india and uh, our vision is to make dairy farming meaningfully profitable for indian dairy farmers right how did you uh, stumble on this idea uh, what made you think about starting something like this as a trading platform initially for for cattle heads so i'll answer this in two parts one is how we got to this idea and then why cattle trading so the idea essentially was that we wanted to build for the next 1 billion users of india which is bharat user which is essentially somebody in tier 3 tier 4 jinki um, life ka primary purpose is uh, who live in rural areas perhaps and uh, most important things in their lives are agriculture and dairy farming and then we realized that there are a lot of smart people solving at the agriculture problem but there was nobody in the dairy farming space so we thought to build something for dairy farming the idea actually was conceived when neetu participated in a hackathon neetu is my co-founder she participated in a hackathon at pratilipi her last workplace and the hackathon was meant to uh, to build solutions for uh, for for bharat right. and that's how this idea came about they participated my other co-founders participated in this and and they were they were supposed to build a prototype for this in under 24 hours so they did and then after a couple of months everybody just thought that why not launch it and see how's the response right. and they launched Kirti, uh, did you have a farming background? You and uh, Neetu. 
to be able to think up of uh, uh, to solve for the pain points that the that the dairy farmers experience. So, what what were the insights that led you to create what you call uh, a, an Instagram come Amazon? So, both of us come from dairy farming backgrounds. Neetu is from a place near Jaipur, and uh, I come from Hisar. Um, Hisar is one of the biggest hubs of dairy farming in the world, actually. Um, right. One of the best breeds of buffaloes, Murra buffaloes, actually originate from there now to all over the country. So, yeah, I think my family has always had cattle. Uh, I grew up with one at my grandparents' place. My grandparents still have cattle. My uncles are in this business. One of an important income source for them is to sell milk of the cattle that they have at the house. Um, same for Neetu. Um, she herself was a dairy farmer. Um, so yes, I think knowing that the TG is basically people we grew up with helped us connect with the problem as well as the target group of, uh, of animal. Um, how that positions us best is that A, it's, it's very, it's high, highly inspirational. Because when you build for people you grew up with, there is a much higher level of motivation and belongingness with the problem. Um, this is more of a philosophical answer. I think on a more practical level, it just the intuition to what the user would like is higher. So, for example, when you speak to our parents and ask them what would work in a Zomato, they can't tell, but if you ask them, you know, perhaps something which is more of a concern to them, that connectedness, the intuition to imagine how a user would perceive a feature, a value proposition is just better. Right. Um, can you tell our viewers how a typical cattle trade takes place uh, in the villages of India? And uh, what are usually the problems that uh, the farmers face while buying or selling cattle? Sure, sure. So, um, let's start with how the industry is structured. There are basically three main players. One is a household dairy farmer who does somewhere uh, about two to five cattle. There would be another uh, player, which is a medium dairy farmer who would have some six to maybe 30 cattle. And then there are professional dairy farmers who are 30 to 40 plus cattle. Um, an, HDF, an HDF is usually somebody who keeps cattle for home consumption of milk and sells the rest to either um, someone's place or to a milk collection center, to a cooperative, etc. So it is a complementary, it's a side hustle for HDFs because they primarily would, their primary source of income possibly is agriculture. What then is HDF? Household dairy farmer. Okay. And the second is a medium dairy farmer who would have somewhere from 10 to 20, 30, 5 to 30 cattle. They, they're this is their main income source. This is what they do. And the third is a 30 to 40 plus um, dairy farmer. They're perhaps mostly their whole family is involved in it or they run it like an enterprise. It's not a small medium business. So a medium dairy farmer is a small medium business, but a 30 plus 40 plus cattle is a proper enterprise. They have processes, they have labor, they do different things, all everything they negotiate in bulk, etc. So uh, we started as primarily to serve HDF and the problem statement was uh, that when, when, a cat, when somebody wants to sell a cattle and when somebody wants to buy a cattle, the, if the whole 
cattle population is so fragmented that if I want an HF of second lactation, about 16 liters of milk, um, how do I go and find that? Do I go and what people were doing, A, what they were going to Pashumandis or they would call up their relatives and the last which exists in markets with information asymmetry is basically brokers. So there were these brokers, which is the fourth participant in this industry, who are sitting on a lot of information and perhaps creating more information asymmetry in this market, mm -hmm. which is that they know who the buyers are at any given moment. They know who the sellers are and they are helping them connect and making money on that transaction. Mm -hmm. So our idea was, can we create information symmetry and mm -hmm. connect buyer and seller through a platform? And that's how, you know, we participate in the transaction. Even the reliance on brokers would perhaps mean that you are able to buy only from a limited catchment area. Absolutely. So we are talking about cattle, so it's very perhaps difficult to transport cattle you know, across hundreds of kilometers. So your choice remains limited. Absolutely. So how does animal help in that on that front? 100%. So when you're dealing with the broker, you basically your transaction happens as the broker is incentivized, not as you are incentivized. So which basically means that if they operate in a five village area, then your transactions limited to that. Your options are limited for that five village area. If they think if they're going to charge you a commission, so they're going to make sure that you get a good rate and that goes for both buyer and seller. So then again, there is that percentage cut that comes in. Um, of course, it's like you because you are using a broker, you get limited by what the broker has to offer. How we solve that problem essentially is that animals are an open platform. You basically go, you put in your area, you say 30, 50, 70, 100 kilometers, whatever the range you want to go get a cattle from, and uh, you find whatever is available there. Right. And so it's all done on an app. Not all. Um, on the app, you discover. Right. So there are two parts we are right. experimenting. One part is which is a third party owned cattle in which we basically give discovery. So you discover what is available in your area. The second is animal owned cattle where we select the best quality. And on that, we, we, we give complete fulfillment. So we give you a verified cattle with full, complete fulfillment. So just, just to be able to understand one part of your business is what you would call discovery, you know, which is which is a listing of of cattle, where the seller can list it out. And I've seen the interface on your app, which is which is in Hindi, is customized to local language, and 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 then if the buyer and seller agree, then how does the delivery happen? On the discovery side, it's called right. discovery because we are not involved in the rest of it. It's up to the buyer and seller. They negotiate. They decide how many times they want to see. They decide if they want to do full cash or some credit, whatever is their arrangement. Right. On the, so that's that. And on animal owned, it's like you can call and you can see a cattle. You can call us and say, deliver it to my house. I'll make the payment there. You can go to the farm, check there. You can go to the farm twice and check there. And then we deliver it at your place. Typically, what does the listing on animal look like when a, when a, when a seller lists it? What are the parameters? You know, I saw, I saw some messages saying, pe chara khati hai. There are lots of parameters. What most people don't understand that it's not like, Mujhe lena hai. Mm -hmm. I do just don't want to buy a cow. I have a very specific requirement of the kind of cow or buffalo that I want to choose, whether it's a second lactation, a third lactation. Uh, if it's first lactation, I want to, you know, nurture it for a long time. 
um, it is about uh, if the horns are round enough, if its tail has white or black hair or brown hair, whether it it's coming with a male calf or a female calf, whether it's a disciplined cattle, whether it's a whether it's a calm cattle or whether it's a little not so disciplined cattle. Um, so there's a lot that actually goes into figuring out into you know it's it is a very personal purchase. So everybody has a set of characteristics that they are looking from that purchase. Right, and it, it's not an inexpensive purchase either. You know, well, of course, of course, we we often say this that you know we as users when we want to buy a headphone maybe worth one thousand rupees, we have fifteen options. But when somebody in rural areas, for example, wants to buy a sixty thousand worth uh, cattle, they mostly they usually get one, two, three options. Right. And that was that was also another inspiration that we felt that internet solved a lot of utility problems for urban users, but internet had not yet solved utility problems for the rural area. This is a classic case of that. Mm -hmm. From being a discovery platform, uh, I'm coming to the other part of your business. Why did you then uh, want to become uh, a cattle trader yourself? You know, taking on the headache of uh, uh, of sourcing cattle from third party and then being able to deliver it to whoever the buyer is. Yeah, very interesting question. So we grappled with this for a long, long time. Uh, we were like we want to be a marketplace, then do we participate in it ourselves or should we not do that, et cetera, et cetera. To be honest, long term, we do just want to be a marketplace. Mm -hmm. We're doing the whole trading piece for an uncertain but significant amount of time. And the reason for that is that we want to give quality and till the time we cannot standardize quality on the marketplace. We have to take that inventory to build that parameter that how do you standardize quality in a market so unstandard. Like the best and the most efficient way to do that is taking on inventory. Mm -hmm. Once we, we establish new rules in this market, so a good comparable uh, purchase would be cars. Imagine if there were no brands, if there were no models, how would you pick whether it's a good car or a bad car? It is because you know there's a BMW and there is whatever, uh, you know, uh, pick any Honda. You can, you can see why BMW is more. Of course, there are specs that go with it, but how many people actually know how to judge specs? Mm -hmm. So it is some sort of standardization that helps any purchase. It is some sort of standardization that helps quality. So uh, in a sense, uh, you're trying to build trust with your clientele uh, in a market that you're trying to build. Yes, we're trying to build trust and we're trying to imagine introducing standards in a market that's been so unstandardized. So we are building quality standards at an industry level. Right. Which then can, when we become a pure marketplace for, per se, then the seller and buyer can follow the standards that we created mm -hmm. and hence we have to do this for a, a while so that then we can you know uh, so that then we can pass this on to the to the rest of the industry right what is the kind of what is the size of the price uh, 
in the discovery market you know uh, obviously as you said that you want you don't want to be a seller for a very long time you you want to be a discovery platform so being a discovery so platform we, we how do you want to be a discovery platform we want to be a marketplace marketplace right uh, what is what is the size of the price being a marketplace player in this category what do you mean by size of the price or you know what is what, what is the business opportunity um it is by fulfilling a transaction okay you add value to a transaction you introduce a buyer to a seller and because you are a marketplace you charge some part of uh, that uh, you either you consider it a take rate or you consider it a convenience fee whichever way you call it but right. because you made a transaction happen you created value for two people you capture some bit of that value so farmers are happy to pay that uh, pay that service, convenience brokers. or transaction fee they are paying it to brokers they are paying it in price asymmetry because if like one of the party understands that price is not standardized right because quality is not standardized someone's paying more in that transaction mm-hmm. so everybody understand that in one way or the other because quality is not standardized price is not standardized and information asymmetry is there nobody in every transaction somebody is not paying the right benchmark right you know so, because the conventional wisdom speaking to a lot of agritech entrepreneurs is that uh, any business model that is premised on getting the farmer to pay uh, is very difficult to run in india okay so my take is very simple on this which is that when you create value for someone when you truly truly add value in someone's life significant value they are mm-hmm. happy to share part of that value so that you can continue to add value to their lives right i right. cannot comment what other people said or think etc etc but it's for me it's like one step behind it's perhaps law of humanity or something like the whole construct of money came about for this mm-hmm. uh, tell us about your and your co-founder uh, neetu's educational backgrounds both of you are from iit delhi i, uh, I gather yeah so uh, we we were actually roommates at iit delhi for four years and uh, post that i worked at a management consulting firm and then ceo's office for penguin and mouse india i see a lot of books by penguin in your background mm-hmm. um and uh, that neetu worked at city bank as an analyst and then she was uh, a product manager at pratilipi right and uh, what was the reaction of your family members uh, to the idea of turning entrepreneur especially in this sector well, did you face any resistance at all or you know i'm, um, I'm sure typically uh, in in indian families entrepreneurship is considered to be fairly risky business and uh, considering your background you know after graduating from iit uh, i mean the world is your oyster in the sense i mean you, you could have you could have taken up any job at a global firm a transnational firm and uh, um, lived a very prosperous life yeah yeah um, def- depends on how you define prosperity but in the most traditional senses yes uh, that is absolutely right um, i can speak for my family uh, i think i think yes entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship they don't know the word only for business for them is something they look down heavily um they think it's not for us nobody in my family has ever done business so it's either farming or government service because that's the two things they have always they've known and that's what you know um is job security so 
from the kind of background i come from job security and whether you're going to have you know enough money to buy food for the rest of your life not for the rest of life maybe for the next couple of months that matters a lot so the principle of thinking like is the same that you know this is extremely risky and it's also almost to believe that uh, business doesn't run in our uh, veins they feel that there are certain pe- people meant for business and we are not those people so uh, yeah it was from that point of view not something very uh, that they would approve of and then that mixed with cattle they were like this is crazy why do we want to go back we we did so much we put in so much hard work to push you forward and now you're coming back after doing so much hard work yourself mm-hmm. so uh, so yeah it was it so i often say this my dad was like if guy bhais ka hi kaam karna tha then why did you go to iit yeah it seems so, a very logical question yeah so so yes that is there and i think for neetu's family it was very similar that why do you why do you want to leave a good job good life for something that they did not even understand they had no idea what this is and what was your response how did you how did you sell this to them <laughs> i didn't sell to be honest i was like i don't care <laughs> like you will get used to it in a while right uh kirti uh, how do we see more uh, women entrepreneurs in in agritech are there any challenges that you face uh, being a woman in this sector um i think the question should be how do we see more of women anywhere right it's not about agritech it's not about entrepreneurship you pick any space there are not enough women right so um i think maybe the answer to that question would be that maybe we need to see more women completing college or we need to see more women doing 12th class or you know the question the answer to is it uh, to it is that do we see more women actively pursuing education right um so so maybe it go it goes back matlab what we are seeing is a converted funnel it goes back a lot to the top of funnel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that's part one second question was if we face challenges um i think from my side i don't look at them mm-hmm. i don't know whether we do or not i think just me thinking what challenges i face as a woman that exercise is futile for me because there's no good answer to it like what would i get at the end of this question yes i do i matlab so what like what can i do about it almost nothing i just continue to do my job the best way if the answer is no then cool like uh, nothing given, given how given how the uh, uh, india's uh, rural hinterland and the cattle trade is structured uh, was it was it difficult for you to go to the villages and convince farmers that you know here are two women trying to trying to make a trade possible where structurally you know and traditionally where none exist it, it's the same thing i didn't i consciously don't think about it right and it's a privileged statement i understand that but i just consciously don't think about it because if i start thinking what is it that i can do to change that nothing so it's a futile exercise to spend my time or mind space there i just think how can i do my job the best i do that 
so in effect sort of brazen it out uh, yeah i mean even if even if people give you like uh, if, if we all continue to think more about i mean to think more about any problem that's not in our control right what can truly come out of it right so it Kitty. is at this stage like that okay kirti thanks a lot for joining us today on field notes until we meet next week goodbye and god bless thank you so much for having me it was a nice chat thanks thanks kirti and all the best